All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, good people of the internet? It's time for Panel to Panel, a podcast where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. We are back once again, once again, this week. Oh, this week is going to be fun, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folks alike, because it is going to be the our review, as we talked about last week, of Matt Reeves' Bat- well, the com- Batman. Because, man, this movie is a trip, and I called in the, the, the troops for this one. Because not only do we have our residential... Batman expert uh, with the Afro, Travis Tucker here. Say hi, Travis. How y'all doing? All right. We also called in some recruits from outside in these streets. First off, from the Gotham Outsiders of Batman Book Club podcast, we have TJ. How you doing today? I'm, I'm pretty good. I got my caffeine. Had me some Cold Stone earlier. I'm feeling real good. It's going to be a good night. Did you actually make them, or are they like Starbucks K-Pops? Ooh, fancy. Okay, fair enough. And then a random addition that TJ just pulled out of thinner that I'm super excited for is a DC Comics columnist and a insert credit podcast host, Alex Jaffe. How are you doing tonight, man? Uh, in the immortal words of the Riddler, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, don't forget that you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, all those great places everywhere except for SoundCloud. You can find us because we don't fuck with SoundCloud. <laughs> and don't forget you follow this podcast on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Uh, you can check out all these amazing folks at their links that will be located in the show notes. We will have those there and they will shout them at the end of the podcast. So get ready for that fun stuff. Before we dive into the Batman, we're going to have a little bit of fun because uh, Batman Associated News decided to drop out of thin air as we're about to record. Uh, a little bit came out earlier in the day and then this one decided to drop in too. Uh, the first one was that um, actor Fa- uh, Fallon Smythe is going to be playing um, Harper Rose in the upcoming uh, CW Gotham Knights TV show. And then the other one that dropped into my lap, uh, where did it go on my sheet? Um, do, 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 did anyone, does anyone else have the uh, Carrie Kelly one? Because it's not on my screen. Now there it is. Um, the uh, Navia Robinson has been cast as Carrie Kelly. 
And um, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you, uh, isn't this old girl from Raven's Home? Carrie Kelly. Yeah, the the the, the 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 girl who's playing Carrie Kelly. Isn't this old girl from Raven's Home? That's why she's not coming back for season five. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> there's been this whole controversy this past like three weeks since the trailer came out for Raven's Home season five on Disney Channel that um like everybody but like Raven's second kid is co- like coming with like 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 is gone from the show and she's coming back to San Francisco to live with her dad. So whoa, whoa, and, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. The That's So Raven revival is up to season five? Yes. Yes, it is. What? It was surprisingly bro, good because Raven put over her money behind it. Disney has not stopped putting... So Raven? They have um, not stopped putting Raven in front of a camera in at least two decades. Yeah. Well, no, Raven took a hot minute off. She stepped away for a long time, handled her business, and then she was she was on The View for a while. Uh, I, wow, this show officially has more seasons than That's So Raven. That's actually kind of hysterical, because That's So Raven only had four seasons. Wow, I did not know that. So, you yeah, know, apparently the, the big argument has been like, oh, Raven's only taking one of her children with her to go live with her dad, and they're bringing in a bunch of new characters and, sh- and stuff like that. So, this explains a lot, but the idea of a black Carrie Kelly interests me. First, a, a live-action interpretation of Carrie Kelly, because the, the, the original rumor back in the day was Jenna Malone was going to play her in uh, Batman v Superman. We saw what happened with that! I remember the MTV Movie Awards. They like had her, like, like, like said she was playing Robin, and like everybody was like, "What? Wait, what?" And she looked so scared for her life as she walked out on stage. But no, um, the idea. I know. I know. For a hot minute, I've been kind of neglecting to talk about uh, the Gotham Knights show that dr- that was announced, where it's like apparently it takes place after the death of Bruce Wayne, and now they're dealing with the fallout. And I, I I don't know about this one, kids. I don't I mean, know about this. I, I I mean, at the end of season one, they're gonna find out Bruce Wayne's not really dead, right? That's like that's how yeah. this works. That's how basic narrative structure works. I mean, uh, more than, uh, either season one or season two, they, yeah. they're gonna have to have him come back at some point. Yeah, he. Oh, oh no. That's terrifying. Uh, I don't know whether to be uh, relieved or disappointed that I haven't heard anything about Cassandra Cain yet. Disappointed. S- same, because it's like you you don't you don't know if you want her to be included in this. And like, if you're I not guess... gonna do Cass right, don't do Cass at all. That's, that, that's right. Yo, and plot device Cass from Birds of Prey has been done. So I need body reading. Nobody has my hands level Cass. Dude, it... that was Harper Row in that movie. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I know. Don't you dare! Don't curse! Don't curse! Don't curse it like that! No! <laughs> but, 
But no, I like like if we're being real about this, I I like as as we've learned from Lois and Clark and OC can't like doesn't necessarily mean it can be a bad thing. Though I still think that like the OC that is Jordan on Lois and Clark is a horrible concept. But Shout whatever. Fuck Dean Kane. I think Jordan's cool. Like, like, I just, it's very weird that with the hype around John right now, they're like, hey, John doesn't have powers, the OC does. And I'm like... So have I. I, I've only heard about it in passing. It's more like John has John in the comics personality, and Jordan has John from the comics power. It's... That's... That's John. Yeah. What? What? Why are we so hell bent? Whether it's Lucas Grabeel or now this to just like have other people dress as Connor Kent, but not actually give us Connor Kent, like uh, yet, not to yet. mention Supergirl in DC superhero girl who uh, took Connor Kent's whole '90s steez, which now, don't get me wrong, kind of a good look for her. Yeah, that was pretty badass. Like, because I've yeah. actually seen a few of those episodes, and like, don't get me wrong, I love having Connor on um, Titans right now, but him sleeping with Blackfire was too far. Like, ah, really, really? Oh, Travis, you weren't there for really? that. Really? No, 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 no! I'm not reallying the fact that it happened. I'm reallying that this is this is where it was too far for you. Not where in episode two, Dick had clearly had sex with Dove already, and no one knew yeah, about that's it. Fine, it's fine, it's fine. Wow! All that's right, fine. bro, it's a teen drama. Like it was gonna happen, yeah, like, and because of that, they be slinging genitals on that show. I'm not surprised anyone fucks anyone on that show. I just I, I I was so taken aback when like when I, I turned on season three and season three started like really solid and then and then like they rushed the Red Hood stuff and then it's like oh Connor's like like messing around with Blackfire even though they hyped up Blackfire at the end of season two like she was about to be a banger and I'm like what is going on but we're getting Brother Blood next season so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out one more season one more season. If I don't get Tim Drake in a costume next season, I'm throwing hands. But that, 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 that's where I'm going to leave that. All right. Uh, like, I'm, I'm hoping. Because I, I, if I have to see fucking small, little, skimpy-ass Red Hood one more season, I'm going to be irritated. But... Right. <laughs> um, all right. So... That like, like I I wish I could, like, I could, like mimic the like the organ, like like that 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 track is was in my head all day after this movie. Like Matt Reeves yeah. created an anthem that just is there and now synonymous with this version of Batman that is just oh, so powerful. Yeah. Like I just. From first impressions alone, and what we're going to go on the table, first impressions alone with this movie, I, I went in, if you listen to earlier episodes, I talked about it, where I didn't want to see this. I didn't care. I was like, I've seen enough, like, middle-aged white men sling bat suits. I've had enough. And then I, was, like, and then I saw Zoe Kravitz, and I'm like, I don't know. And then I saw the 2021 fandom trailer, and I was like, okay. 
you 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 convince me Colin Farrell isn't actually Colin Farrell. I, I will give you a, a, a one viewing, and then I go in over the weekend, and I was floored. I, I was genuinely floored that you could actually give me what I could honestly say is probably the most comic-accurate Batman live-action. Absolutely. For, for, like, a year two, like, long Halloween-ish time period Batman we've ever had like 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 I, I will say was I the most happy about a couple of different things or like them shoving the Riddler up Calendar Man's ass? No, <laughs> but like we can, we can move past that. Like there's so much about this movie that is so solid, and we're, we're gonna talk about the idiocy of the gatekeeper culture later when it came to this movie. But in terms of just the movie itself, I think that. Other than The Dark Knight, because I hate Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, but I will have to admit there's the, the, the Dark Knight is a, cin- a cinematic masterpiece, I will say this is probably my favorite Batman movie and probably the, my favorite Batman interpretation I've ever seen. Now, in terms of camp and just a fun time, Batman and Robin will always be the top of that list. I, I will fight whoever says that. But in um, terms... Uh, word up, uh, Mask of the Phantasm... We're in live action town. We're in live action town. Okay, but but like it's not disrespect animation. Right, right. Of course, but like in terms of live action, campy, fun time, Batman and Robin. But in terms of a live action, gritty, long Halloween type story, Matt Reeves has cemented himself in this court. Travis, a campy Batman movie. Batman sixty six already exists. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Travis, my, my Afro-wearing friend, you, you, you've been in my DMs excited about this movie for a hot minute. Alright, so, first of all, I would like to fucking expose James, because he had no (laughs) faith in this great movie. I had no faith! If you scroll back in our panel-to-panel episodes, we have that receipt on motherfucking recording. I said I I didn't want this movie to exist. I didn't want the other than Zoe Kravitz, I didn't care about this movie. And your ass was wrong. You're right. I will admit that. This movie (laughs) was a banger. I'm willing to admit that. All right. As as someone who has literally fallen in and out of love with Batman my entire fucking life, this was the best Batman movie I have ever seen, as far as live action is concerned, because the animated brings some heavy hitters in the mix, but they should get their own respect another time. Um, this, in my honest opinion, and I will be so bold to say it, is the best Batman movie we've ever got, and exactly the movie that superhero movies as a genre, I think, needed. No disagreement. Oh. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what's cool about the Batman is that it's clearly made by people who like the Batman. Right. Like, you get so many projects uh, from Tim Burton, uh, who uh, is or was, depending on your perspective, a great director, mm. uh, to uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, all of them are like, what can I say through the lens of Batman? Uh, which is like using these like symbols to like cry- try to create a movie in their own sort of that, that that fits their own sort of oeuvre like uh the batman of the 89 movies is your basic tim burton protagonist this kind of like weirdo fish out of water guy who's uh doesn't really fit into society 
Uh, Christopher Nolan was making this big kind of Bush era war on terror point. Matt Reeves is like, what's Batman really about? Like, what, 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 what is, what is Batman for? It's called the Batman because it's not about Batman the man. It's about Batman the idea. And seeing that explored in a movie is something we actually have never seen before. And that's what makes this movie, I think, more interesting than all those previous efforts. Right. <laughs> I'll die on this hill that if given the right direction and the time and he didn't punk out. Ben Affleck probably would have sold it on the best Batman and the best Bruce Wayne because sure. because he walked into that gala with a suave need to be Bruce Wayne, but he didn't come off like a crazy person when he was Batman like Christian Bale did. He came off like someone who was a terror, someone who could be a superhero and be the fear that could be there when needed, depending on the director. Because if you take both like say what you will about Whedon. Whedon Whedon's a freaking idiot but if you go back to the Whedon cut some of those lighter tone versions of Bruce we saw actually showed that Ben Affleck could do both so yeah, that, that just save one person scene that was the best part yes. of the whole movie yes like you actually convinced me that Ben Affleck was worth continuing his story and thankfully we're getting one more thing with him in Flash but I will admit that Ben Affleck, not Ben Affleck, with Pat Pattinson, I was skeptical as hell. I was skeptical. The man even admitted he he held his wand as a gun in Harry Potter. Like, I, I was skeptical. But he came out on top and put himself up on, like in the ranking with the with the rest of the greats here. And I will I will wholeheartedly admit that. Yeah. Um, as far as a young Batman goes, there's nobody who's ever been better. Honestly, I... I with this Bruce, like, when I, when I think young Bruce, I think inches away from literally beating someone to death. And I definitely got that vibe from Battenson. Yeah. You keep quoting that phrase and all that. Right. Like, he just needed someone to give a shit. Like, and I, th I think Matt Reeves could have been the one. I, I really feel like Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves could have been the golden goose that, that, that DC needed to restructure their universe. But, like, it just didn't work. But it's cool. He wouldn't have been right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this is clearly a young Batman story. It wouldn't have been right for that uh, Ben, that world weary Ben Affleck who's been beaten down uh, that we see in those Snyder films. Uh, it, that's just it just wouldn't have fit in with what this whole movie is about. That really the journey that Ben Affleck's Batman goes on from uh, Batman v Superman to uh, Justice League is basically the same story that Matt Reeves tells here, except Superman serves the same function as, say, uh, the combined uh, the combined influence of Selina and Gordon and even Riddler, uh, convincing Batman that uh, just working for vengeance is not the way to serve his mission. It's not the way to make a positive change, that there has to be... Uh, that you have to set an example for others. And uh, it's not just, you you can't just scare people your way into saving the city. There has to be something more to that. And really, uh, I mean, the movie was three hours long, so I can't say that uh, he did it in shorter time than Zack Snyder did, but I think he did it by condensing the whole thing to Batman's world, which keeps it more elegant, in my opinion. Alright. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Um in terms of like I I'ma I'm be real controversial up in here. Like all all praise to the queen that is Michelle and like we'll, we'll give patience. I mean Halle Berry her like mm-hmm. her honorary mention, but like keep her out the out the out the out the equation of Selena's. But if we're if we're being one hundred percent real, I think Zoe just sold me on like literally the best Catwoman we've ever had. Like, like I, I'm purposely putting Eartha and Holly in their own box, and uh, then we're gonna leave them alone. Well, like they, they're holy. We don't mess with them because Holly. No, 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 no. Let everyone hear that only Eartha is holy. Holly can get all the smoke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, look, guys. Um, like Zoe, Zoe is the amazing. best. She is incredible in that movie. She is a perfect Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, there's like almost never been a bad Catwoman actress, and I am including uh, Halle Berry. Hey, um, yo, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, look, ha- the Halle Berry movie, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie, is a whole different conversation. But you you can't disrespect Halle Berry as an actor. She did. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, in terms she, of acting her ass off. Yeah. She took what she had from that movie and did what she could. So I'm like, I'm trying to put Eartha and Halle in their own box. They're not yeah. here. We don't mess with them. They're holy in terms Michelle of Anne, Pfeiffer Michelle, God- and Michelle Zoe. Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer is a goddamn champion. Rewatch that hello yes. there scene. Um, yes. the, just the way she. Uh, just the way she works that whip through the whole movie she is incredible there's there's been so many great Catwomen, and i'm not gonna say zoe kravitz is the best of them but she is worthy of the mantle she's one of them she eats up absolutely every scene she's in she feels like she jumped right out of the frank miller and dave mazzicelli comics um uh and like i was talking to tj uh, earlier about just the raw sexual chemistry that's on screen. And TJ's like, no, there wasn't Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Robert Pattinson didn't give her anything. And I'm like, yeah, you're that's right. not what they mean. When he means by sexual tension. Yeah. They, they don't have to bone for there to be tension. TJ. Right, right. 
I, I'm saying, I, I don't like Anne Hathaway. I, I don't like Anne Hathaway as, as a Catwoman. Yes, this is the best written Catwoman story that we've yes. seen in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh Nah, like uh, you touched on a really good point there. That like more than any other Batman film we've seen before this, this movie kind of uh, uh, introduces you with the understanding. Like you already know who these people are. We don't right, have to yeah. re-explain who Batman and Catwoman. It, are. It, it took it took a page out of like I, 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 I hate. I don't really want to bring it up, but they took a page out of Homecoming's book, where it's like, yo, we've done this dance. You you've you've seen the pearls and the shots yeah. and, the, and the and the non and the, like like everything before. Like we'll reference it. We, like we'll mess around with it to the point that we literally change all of Martha Wayne's entire backstory. Because why the fuck not? I and mean, that's the other point. Um, a oh, lot I should probably say spoiler cues, alert, y'all. A, a lot of the cues in this movie come from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's Batman Earth One. Yes. Um, uh, from the Martha Kane, uh, uh, backstory to like everything they do with the Riddler, uh, to, uh, the whole like Alfred being this like security guy who trained Bruce. Um, honestly. A little bit of that telltale game, sure, uh, with the, like, we can't trust Thomas Wayne. Um, uh, but, yeah, but, uh, like, Jeff John still kind of has his fingerprints all over the, like, DC cinematic universe. Like, Sadly. the whole Aquaman story came from Jeff John's run. The whole Shazam story came from Jeff John's run. Like, these, like, it's very clear that uh, Jeff John's has spent the past decade plus redeveloping these uh characters and story arcs so they could fit like a more cinematic story like creating a blueprint for a movie and uh right. like we're still seeing that pay off in the batman which is which was kind of strange and surprising to me
Well, yeah. I, I think maybe I think maybe the romance didn't work because it because I, I I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I love the movie, but the romance for me felt a little weird. But the the way that I kind of I guess self processed or mental gymnastics my way through it was that it like Bruce at the time in year two was off his rocker, doesn't yeah. understand his own feelings, let alone how to project good feelings or any feelings. It's there's only wake up, put on my suit, go fight some crime. I need the facts, period. You know what I mean? So other than Alfred, who he constantly rejects, Zoe kind of was an obscure, I don't know, treatment that he received. Because otherwise, what does he get? You know, he gets fear and violence all the time. If, if we want to go deeper about it and dive into the into the subtext of the movie, for like even though um like Selena has no understanding of it other than she sees uh Batman as a hero and for what he's done and for like even going so deep into her history that he did. For me, if we're looking from Bruce's angle, my man's is over here. Finding out his entire his entire life is a lie. Yeah. Finding out all this over That's here, really and then coming like coming around the corner and finding out that from, like like him and Selena are almost kindred spirits, where they 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 both belong in the shitty daddy club, where it's like they didn't know all this stuff, and like now they're finding all this out, and like yeah, Selena knew about uh, like Falcone, but she didn't know how deep it actually was. And for like, and then uh, like Bruce learns everything that he does, and you see that Bruce could have like made that like that very selfish choice. They set that up from Bruce's perspective, not like because from 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 Selena's point of view, it's very much like you just saved all these people. You don't need to deal with this. Come on, let's go. And like from Bruce's angle, it's very much like someone's giving me an out, and he hasn't learned the lessons yet to, to know that he doesn't need an out. He makes that hard choice, right. but he hasn't learned the lessons yet to that he doesn't need an out. So I very much enjoyed the romance from what we got because it was very much of he found a kindred spirit but couldn't convey that information to her. So he fought tooth and nail for her. Like that scene where he literally rips the gun out of her hand when she almost like does the thing to the cop. Like that was that was so powerful to me because he doesn't want to see her throw it all away. So it's like you see that perfect alignment when it comes to Falcone later where he does it again and goes, don't be like him. Don't throw it all away just to get the vengeance. John Kerr so, was so great as Falcone. Bro, I, I was going to get to that. I love him in this movie, but yeah, every I time him. I flipped my brain, I'm just like, I couldn't just get the visual of him being peed on by a transformer out of my head. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, I kid you not. It was John just Turturro like, in this movie reminded me a lot of Christopher Walken as Max Shrek in Batman Returns. In that yes. he's this like not at all costumed villain who like just magically s- steals every scene he walks into. Like he's the best villain in this movie by far. And oh, there's yeah. some heavy hitter.
I mean, she, I mean, she, she, she's been through a lot. She flexed strays, TJ. She explained it. Right. You, you got to read the subtext, my guy. Like, like Oh, you like like the slow burn? Okay. okay. Oh no, that's not that's not Gotham, bro. Let's, <laughs> let's make this years to burn for DJ. Right. But 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 no, so yeah, it's very much like so we gotten through like Bruce and Selena. What I want to give special like kudos to is my man Commissioner Gordon because Here it my, is. my Here man, it is. my man. Yeah, right. Like the strongest relationship in this whole movie. Is it between was, Batman and Commissioner Gordon. Like, I would have never thought Jeffrey Wright could have pulled this kind of performance, but then he does. He's, and so, he's so good. Like, that, that, my favorite moment was, was like, when, like, Bruce had, had got blown up by the bomb, and, like, all the cops are around him, and he's ready to go out swinging, and, like, like Gordon has to catch him, like, don't do it, I'm trying to save your ass. Don't do this. We have never seen Batman and Gordon this tight before. Like if anything, right. it's always been subtext, but to see this, uh, it, it's, it's mind blowing. Absolutely. Welcome. Kind of reminds me a little bit of their relationship in Teen and Titans go, mm. uh, but <laughs> I don't hate it. They're best like, screw, like, 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 like screw Christian Bale and Gary Oldman. Like this was, uh, like that moment where, like, they're like he, where the uh, the chief gave him a minute alone with him, and he's yeah. like, "Bro, you gotta punch me in the face." Like Take you this shit tell, and go. Like, like they don't even have to say it, but there was clearly this moment where, like, Batman saved Gordon's life and just like earned his respect forever, and like, right, ju- just like he is like like they're partners through this whole movie. They're Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruce needs a daddy. I'm all for it. Like, yeah. like get it in there. Um, I'm going to make a slightly related plug right now. If you like Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, he is also amazing as Batman in the criminally under-listened to Batman the Audio Adventures available now on HBO Max, one of my favorite recent Batman the, stories. I, I love it so much, but, like, why does it have to be audio-based material on HBO Max? Like, I, I was cool I with the first little bit I of it not, on Spotify. It was I so good. I do not control the distribution channels. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a great story with an incredible cast, and if you have access to HBO Max, you should absolutely listen to that. It's ten episodes. Mm-hmm. They're all less than an hour. It's great. Very solid. Yeah. Yes, that's the, that's that the whole movie. scene had me so stressed. That's the best scene in the movie because yeah. Batman and Riddler are both looking across the room at each other. Each of them have built the other into this like impossible totem in their minds, and both of them just kind of realize at the same time that the other isn't the person they expected. That uh, they are both just like flawed humans and not this like great enemy or this great ally. And, and it's just, it, it's just this, like, they're looking across a glass, but they're also looking at a mirror and it's, uh, it's really the centerpiece of the whole thing, uh, thematically. And I, I just, scene, I just love it to death. That whole scene was yeah. so beautifully written in my opinion. Cause I just remember having a freaking panic attack. I was there with my daughter and my buddy and you just hear Riddler go, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, my, my, like, heart, oh my, bro. my heart, my heart. 
And then yeah. there was this moment where I just look over at my buddy and I'm like, oh my God, he doesn't know. He doesn't know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Oh, the game is changed. And then the whole thing was like, because yes, they were like broken and flawed human beings. But I, I think ultimately Bruce kind of pitied Riddler because they were doing the same sure. job, but Riddler was doing it incredibly incorrectly. Yeah, but Riddler also pitied Batman that he right. thought he was like, like, oh, you're. And they were kindred spirits. He thought they were kindred spirits. But yeah, the I idea that they were looking for vengeance in any way possible. Yeah. Where, like, Eve said at the beginning, where it was like, yo, you did all the work that I couldn't do. Right. That you line right there. You were the you were the body. I was the brain. But like, just like the disappointment that this was that that Bruce had not caught on to it mm. and was just kind of like solving these as if they were like riddles to stop a crime. Just turning the whole idea of Riddler on his head, like why does Riddler leave clues at the scene of a crime? That's kind of the smartest thing they did with the whole character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is the last thing I'm ever going to get to say to Jim Gordon as an equal and a partner. So, yeah, that, that was his way of saying it's not. He'll be like, you've been, be making, you've been making an idiot out of me this whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and it just, I think my favorite scene w- w- with them entirely, besides the, uh, the, the, the the cop room scene, was the catching penguin. Because yeah. it showed the humility of, like, maybe we did fuck up. Maybe we did need to go back to the drawing board and find the solution. And when it clicked, they both just headed off like it was episode law and order and, and got it done. Like, it very much felt like they were able to, hum- like, rather than just beating like Colin Farrell within an inch of his life and trying to find an answer like Christian Bale would have done. They sat there and figured out, Hey, there's a whole website here that we could have punched in, found the solution and then Riddler leads you off in the next direction. And it it really opened that, like that new avenue for them and gave them that next level of partnership. And that's like exactly the secret to, to like the difference between a good Batman story and a great Batman story. Um, the idea that like Batman is not this unbeatable god of strength and intellect who is perfectly prepared for every possible scenario. Ooh, Batman yes. fucks up sometimes. It's yes. uh, he has flaws, and sometimes something gets the better of him, and he uh, is able to overcome that. What makes Batman great isn't that he's the smartest or the strongest, it's his determination, and this is a movie mm. that really gets Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
No, no, because no. see, that, I, I enjoy that so much more because rather than Morgan Freeman going, hey, your gloves can make kinetic waves in your cape and you can do this. They said, yo, no, we're going to pull this man up like he's a Mattel toy or a Hasbro toy and humble him. And no, sometimes Batman needs to rely on his like, actual human tech rather than some fantasy tech because that was always the one thing from the nolan movies that as much as nolan wanted to swear up and down as his defense of why bane didn't use venom or why bane was a white guy or yada yada of what like that entire plot line of like why he did bane the way he did of saying oh i wanted him to be more realistic or i wanted to be have a more grounded realistic universe for this batman you didn't do that. You still have made him drive a tank. You still made him have all this crazy sonar technology like he was the real Batman. Matt Reeves said, this man's going to pull up in a flight suit and donk himself on the head and learn from his mistakes. Yeah, I love that. And, and that felt so much more realistic than like, like Bruce Wayne flying down the city and with the, the scarecrow gas going off and everyone's like running in fear of the bad granted that was a cool visual but it you 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 can't have your cake and eat it too of the we'll make it realistic but also have fantasy you gotta choose one dang flabbit like ah Mm -hmm. I get it. I do. Right. Yeah, potentially, yeah. He's becoming a more legendary figure. He's going mm -hmm. from like a cryptid to a legend. Is what's kind of happening. There. Like that suit's gonna evolve, and I there bet you Matt what? Reeves is gonna find a way to make like like stretchable wings yeah. to make it more look like it could be part of the cape rather than just a suit. But he has to learn. Like he literally drove what looked like a souped-up Camaro to chase down freaking um like penguin through the streets. It like, was he didn't have a tank off rip. He had a jacked up turbine in the back of a, of a Camaro. Like, but on that on that same hand, like. You know, shotgun blasts have force. Yeah, he doesn't get hit in the flesh with the bullets, but he just pretty much got punched in the gut by Mike Tyson and needs a moment. Right, like he, yeah, no, that was one of my favorite scenes where like he got banged in the fucking chest and he had to be saved. He didn't just get up and clock dude again. Granted, there was some pistol shots he took like a fucking boss. But that shotgun, he was like, oh, oh, that. that yeah, like, well, and in, in, in every other Batman movie, Batman shrugs that kind of stuff off and just keeps on going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We gotta stop Bad God. We gotta stop Bad God. Bad God needs to go. <laughs> I get it. I absolutely. I mean, he's Batman. He's not Squirrel. <laughs> he's a... 
That, that, that's fair. It didn't bother me, but it is a fair criticism. Yeah, there it's, a, it's a fair criticism. There is one scene that did kind of bother me, and it's the one at the very end um, with uh, the Riddler at Arkham. Like, uh, okay, uh, let's talk about that. Oh, let's yeah, talk about please, that. Please, please. Uh, okay, so set up. The, like, and I, I'm I, hmm. while I'm like, and I like, I will like speak on it where you have Riddler pulling up to Arkham, and then we get the reveal of Dude from Eternals is going to be the Joker, and. Hmm. I, I, I gotta I gotta phrase this right. While it I have be, said multiple yeah. times on this show that I am so sick of Joker's goddamn face in my Batman stories, and uh, I will I will even quote um uh fucking I can't, um I cannot uh, I, yeah I will quote Jason Inman um uh, from Geek History Lesson where he says. We need a break from Joker the same way we had a, a break from Joker back when Bane was king during that era, where you just did not see Joker for like a year during uh d- during Night's End and Nightfall and all that. You didn't see hella high water of that man. We need a Joker bereavement of multiple movies or even years of comics where Joker just goes away. But we're never gonna get that. So. If you had to give me anybody that was a shot in the dark of could possibly be a banger of a Joker, brav the fuck up. Now, granted, I would have liked this guy for Riddler over over the over Paul Dano. I would have liked this guy as as Riddler over Paul Dano. He did I not would, need to be in this movie. There he did. He did. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Like, like there was no reason for this scene to be in this thing. What are you selling people on what the next Batman movie is going to be? People are going to see the next Batman movie, no matter what there doesn't need to be like a, a Nick Fury style teaser in there. It just (laughs) just felt like such a studio decision and just like a scene that did not belong in this like story where every scene had this intentionality behind it to drive to like a bigger story a bigger story about batman like this is the most about batman movie we've ever seen mm-hmm. and it, it just it, it just felt like oh wait till the next one we're building a universe it, it, yeah right because, because they're looking towards like, like the arkham asylum spin-off or something i don't know yeah but I mean, okay, so here here was my gripe since we're on, in the same region. It the scene wasn't necessary. I agree 1000% with that. Yes, but most definitely. if the scene if the scene had to be there, why not I don't know, have someone who doesn't bring this weird Tim Burton Jack Nicholson Joker vibe to the whole realism that we're dealing with. You know what I mean? If we had, I don't know, anybody with a Spanish accent, considering we just watched Batman shoot up Venom, I would have been out of my seat. Was that Venom, out. or was I it? I thought just it was like just adrenaline. Venom. I figured it was just a shot of adrenaline to get him up, up out of his uh, off his shot. Last I checked, young Batman likes drugs. He likes drugs, but I figured it was just adrenaline because, like, the, yeah. the realism. I, I think it was like, Venom. I, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch by the Easter egg hunters. Yeah. That would be me. 
That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, come on, bro. As someone who used to work in pharmaceuticals, bro, it's FB, more like, so. It's more so what? It's more so like what else has Batman ever shot up when he was that young? It was Venom. I don't know. Batman you would have on it for not, sure, but uh... Batman Venom was not really a young Batman story, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, it's possible, but I don't know. Like, I agree. I, I will one hundred percent agree that, like. I I was very much in a place of I didn't need this, but you might have given me a banger of a person because, yeah. like, in terms of someone who could carry um a a villain role in a Batman movie, I very much thought that uh, Barry Keoghan could have been a Riddler. I really thought he could have been a Riddler figure, like bowler hat, sunglasses, pulling up, being a bad bitch, doing the work, versus this weird like version of Paul, Paul Dano we got, which I'm, I'm a big fan of what we got. But I like what we got, too. I really feel like if we're going more of a, like, we're going to merge the fantasy with the realism a little bit, like sort of how Nolan used to do, Barry could have been a really good Riddler. But if we're going to give him a shot as um, fucking Joker, hey, yo, he, here's, here's what I'm going to say about um, people playing Joker. If yeah. freaking Cameron Monaghan can can be the person to save Gotham, the TV show, as Jerome, then I'll give anybody a shot to play Joker. Because Cameron Monaghan had my heart on, on Shameless and then walked over and tore off his own face on Gotham. I'll give anybody a chance. Even in like, Jedi Fallen Order. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, Gotham was horrible. I'm saying, like, like that show was dead, and Cameron Monaghan walked in and was like, "Okay, I'm gonna pick y'all up, and we gonna run through this finish line." That's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody, if anybody can Dude, show that anybody can play Joker, like they just had a, what a, a, a black Joker be on uh, Batwoman recently. Like anybody can do it anymore. It doesn't fucking matter. Like literally, if Barry walks in and does a really good performance. Cool. That's where I'm at. But like, I didn't need Joker in this movie. That's where I'm at. You ever see that episode of Man Seeking Woman where Eric Andre plays the Joker? That's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> uh, look that up. I think it's like episode eight or something. He falls into a vat of acid and literally becomes the Joker. It's great. Dear God. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, sure, as long as long as we never get another Jared Leto, where like it's a joke, baby. Where he's tattooed over his like uh, acid scars. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. do anything. Like, yeah, he, like it, literally, it damaged on his forehead. So I, I, I will, I will tell. Like, yeah. you could literally just hand Mark Hamill a purple coat, 
and I will tell. Well, hell, you can hand Kevin Michael Richardson a purple coat, and I will take that over Jared Leto. Like I will do anything to have like anything but Jared Leto. You could you could hand TJ a pur a purple coat, and it, like it would it would it would be better than Jared Leto. That's not knock TJ. He'd probably be a great Joker, but like I'm saying in general, like anybody could play Joker, and I would tolerate it over Jared Leto. Now I'm like, casting I'm casting TJ as Cullen Row. No. Yeah. Right here, you would not have sex with Heath Ledger joke. He looked like yeah. he never showers. <laughs> no, I ain't messing with Heath. I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna go hang out. I'm gonna hang out with Jack Nicholson. I'm sorry, I can't. Like, I, 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 I I'm sorry. He'll take care of me. I'm not worried about that shit. Like, but like, uh, we need uh, TJ. We need to talk about your standards. You over here messing with that motherfucker? Are you okay? Like, nah, man. Okay. Um, uh, you've disappointed There me. is something I would like to talk about. Go for it. Uh, that's been keeping me up at nights. There is a scene where they arrest uh, the Riddler in that diner, and they open his wallet. He has two IDs. One says Edward Nashton. The other says Patrick Parker. Mm -hmm. uh, now, every like Easter egg roundup article that you'll find online, including the one on DCComics.com, by the way, will say that, oh, this is an allusion to the fact that the Riddler went by the name Patrick Parker at some point in the comics. Uh, none of them cite the source of this. Uh, uh, the best I was able to find was that it dates back to um, a random uh, unnamed Wikipedia editor uh, adding it to the Riddler's Wikipedia article in November what? of 2013. I have been through hundreds and hundreds wow. of comics. I have been through hours and hours of footage. As far as I know, some guy just made this shit up. And oh uh, my uh, God. Like, looking for an alias for the Riddler, just grabbed it off Wikipedia. And the most fucked up thing about that is, is that because it's in the movie, now That's it's canon. canon. Now oh. it's canon. Why? Yes. <laughs> Right, like no, uh, but that, that, that idea is I need it to be just a meme. I need it to be just a meme. But I, I am pretty damn sure at this point it, it did not exist anywhere but Wikipedia until this goddamn movie. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in our culture now, like by, by, by giving that information. Like, I, I, oh, memes I'm, are the I'm most powerful. The I'm memes, genuinely I'm so disappointed in our culture. I now. mean, like, if you really want to stretch your arms out of place like your fucking plastic man, uh, you could say that it fits the theme of like Riddler being this whole like emblem of internet culture and how like everyone is Riddler and we create our own identities. Oh um, gosh, but, that's yeah. Luffy stretching right there. That's... Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's not great. Um, mm. uh, Ashton's been, uh, his canonical name since yeah. like 1986. 
You yeah, that's, that's an alias. Yeah, that's an alias. He changed his name to Enigma. Yeah, Enigma. He wasn't born like, Enigma. That's not like right. <laughs> like if there was a, a legacy of people called the Enigmas, we have a problem. Yeah. All right, it's fine. It's but no, fine. like now. Now, no, he, he, here, here's what messed with me was during his big reveal, like, live stream thing, where he talks about, like, the corruption and the reporter. The reporter's name was Edward Elliott. And yeah. while that can be an allusion to Hush, which that's why everyone wants uh, Matt Reeves' next one to be is Hush, which, uh, like... Yeah. Right, it even says it hush on the, on the damn screen. On the screen man. And I'm like, yo, if y'all really straight up just go, yo, um, like, like the Riddler is like, like Thomas Elliot's son, like, like, uh, like dad. Even though in the comics it's Roger Elliot, not Edward Elliot. That was a clever little stunt, but yeah. it very much felt like, yo, if they fuck this up, only to allude to hush. I'm gonna be irritated now. Making Riddler an orphan like the way they did, and making that parallel because, funnily enough, Nolan tried that too, where he tried to make like an orphan metaphor between uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, and uh, Christian Bale, which wait, everyone thought was cute. No, we reversed it. We flipped it on its head and said, "What if the villain was the orphan the same way Bruce was?" And yeah, we like rose it up from the ground up, and that was such a great way to do yeah. that. You're not an orphan. You had a billion dollars, and you lived in a mansion. Right. That, that was that was really that was so powerful. Yeah. Like because like, your parents, you had about, money. The whole movie is about Batman trying to bury his Bruce Wayne identity. That he's just all Batman all the time. Like to wit, this is the first ever live action Batman movie where he does not appear in a tuxedo at a gala. That mm, is yes. intentional. Yes. Um, uh, and like he's just like completely burying the idea that he's Bruce Wayne and Alfred's trying to pull him out. And what Selena and what Alfred uh, and what Riddler both like show him is that there's no escaping the fact that you're Bruce Wayne. That's part of who you are. That's where you come from. And you can't just ignore that. You have to recognize that and deal with it. Uh, and speaking, only then are you going to be able to be a better person. Speaking of Alfred, that scene where they sort of mimic other times where like the manor's blown up and Alfred's taking a hit yeah. and, and then they and then they flip the script again and the nurse lady, the maid says, It happened an hour ago. My heart Very watching. Very watching. I was like, Wow, you flipped the whole script. Because we've seen it in Arkham Origins, we've yeah. seen it in the movies, like we've seen this song and dance before. But for you to go, nah, man, like, fucking Gollum's been in the hospital for an hour. I was like, hold up. As long as, as long as we're recasting roles here, Andy Serkis should have been man bad. They should have they held out. Uh, like, Andy Serkis, he, he belongs <sighs> to weird little guys. We don't have a lot of actors who are great at playing weird little I, guys. You know, as a die. As a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, I fucking understand where you're coming from, but he was pretty good as Alfred, too. I'll, I'll do you know. one better. I'll do you one better. Andy Serkis should have been Al Al Albert Wesker. Mm. Because Andy Serkis yeah, ha having the puppet in his hand would have Yeah, that's the very thing. But no, I, I, I want him creeping around like a weird animal. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I just I feel like that would have been really he cool. Comes for him from to pull working with Andy Serkis in the Apes movies. 
And uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's or Andy Circus as Zaz would have been kind of savage. I feel like Andy Circus as Zaz would have been pretty interesting. I don't know. I don't think Zaz is, it has ooh, ever been. Ooh, no. Yeah, Zaz is not. If there's anybody that I actually, I just thought of that. Anybody made a good Hugo. I really th- I, that that's kind of hit my head. Andy Circus as Hugo Strange. I could have seen it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Alfred because was we both for more scenes with Gordon. Yeah. I, I think the idea was like not showing you stuff you already know. The like core relationship of the Dark Knight trilogy was yeah, between like, Bruce Wayne and Alfred. There was right, no like we had Michael Caine up his butt the entire time. We yeah. got a break from that here. Granted, we got that little bit of time. Hell, that speech Alfred gave him from the hospital bed was what we needed to reconnect Bruce and Alfred because that like Bruce was ready to say fuck you Alfred and leave. Like he was ready to check out, but Alfred went, you know, screw what Falcone said, yo dad made a mistake. He was trying to protect your mama and he made a mistake. And that was powerful to me. That he was like, I was trying to protect you because your daddy made a mistake versus what Falcone said of, oh, your daddy was just a, a crazy corrupt person, which I thought was really yeah. cool. One of the most interesting things about this movie is that it doesn't really resolve who killed Tom, Thomas and Martha Wayne. There are these mm-hmm. three different theories we see that... Uh, it, uh, the, uh, that uh, could it have been uh, Falcone? Could it have been uh, Maroney? And uh, th- th- like, who was Thomas Wayne? How culpable was he? And that's not something Bruce gets to solve. It's uh, right. It's just kind of hanging over its head. I do hope they leave it o- open like that. And it com- comes to my next point, which is, I really think this series is building up to Court of Owls. I think yeah. this whole thing is that Gotham and the idea of Batman is much bigger than Bruce Wayne thinks, and that there's this systemic corruption in the city that he doesn't even know about. And where that leads is that like the ultimate villain of Gotham City, uh, that the that the powers that control Gotham itself, that 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 lies right into the court thing, the being unfamiliar in your own home. And I feel like if this is a trilogy, that's where it's headed. Especially because yeah. God damn yes. The yeah. labyrinth. Because you talked about that on one of your recent episodes where that labyrinth, how it flipped upside down. Because if anyone could, like, because the cinematography in this movie, which needs to be spoken about, the cinematography of this movie was so well done. The shots, the changes, the yeah. fact that we had the eyeballs camera doing so many cool different variations out of what it could do. And, and like, and on top of that, you see that, like, what, what, what uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did with the labyrinth in Court of Owls, oh, yeah. you could really do some fuck I shit with that camera. Thing. I would love to see how they cinematically. In terms of a court, though, my biggest beef is if we do a court without a Grayson, they're gonna be like Bruce was being groomed to be the. No, next you you can ditch that whole angle. That was, I think, the whole circus thing was a little bit forced. Then, then if then he yeah. needs a rock. No, no, no. Yeah. What, what I'm saying is, if we don't give him a Robin, if we don't give him a bird. They're going to be like, okay, cool. Either we're going to force the Grayson lineage onto Bruce as like Bruce is the chosen one of the owls, 
Or they're going to say they're really going to like, like drill home that Lincoln March is your long lost brother. Your, your father was a bastard, yada, yada. They're finally going to cement that little thing that Scott Snyder pulled his punch on and they're yeah. going to nail it to the floor. Well, we'll see. I mean, I- I'd love to see Robin in the series. I'd love to see some kind of sidekick show up. Don't have him in his 20s like all the Titans are right now. Yeah. No. Yes. I, I remember this early interview with Robert Pattinson about Robin. And he's like, if we do Robin, I want her to be like eight. I want to be like 10. I, if we're going to do Robin, we're going to do Robin. You need, you need a kid to eat rats, damn it. Like, you need oh, him to oh, suffer. Stop. No. 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 If y'all, um, if y'all haven't listened to to our roast of All Star Batman and Robin, I, I highly recommend that. That is e fucking enough. <laughs> uh, there's, one more, there's one more thing I'd like to address with sure. this movie, and it's the absolutely bonkers criticism that this movie isn't funny, that there are no uh, jokes in it. That's like, what, that, 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 was, that was part one. That was part one is what I want to talk about. But there's two big criticisms in this movie, and that's the first one, which is there's no humor. It's a soulless movie because we have all the Marvel fans coming in and saying this movie isn't funny. It's not enjoyable. What movie it's did a, you? It's a crime thriller. Like it's funny. a crime thriller. But it's like a crime one, of the, thriller. one of the first scene, the, the first scene where Batman walks in, um, him and like him and Gordon. Well, Gordon's cracking jokes about the body. Like they're very subtle. But if anyone's who's ever watched Law and Order or like NCIS, it's very much like they're they it's a cop show. It's very much like there's gonna be soulless jokes because you're in a soulless atmosphere where everything's serious but there will still be that uh, brevity of humor hell circus crack i don't remember what, what, what specifically what it was but circus was cracking jokes about like hey you know you you, you, you didn't want them to come in, but like, like you didn't want to go there so i brought them here and like like those subtle things that are humor based you have to listen for and not just like similar to what we're talking about with, with, with TJ of like subtext. You can't just be like, yo, it's not funny. I don't like it. It's very much you have to be there in the moment and enjoy it and stop comparing it to a Marvel movie like every two seconds. You don't recognize a joke unless it comes from the mouth of like Robert Downey Jr. How does, how does a woman with like 30 cats cat claws and a cat costume saying she attracts strays not register as humor right like like sure it was like a lot of cats but yeah like a lot of cat that's great right uh, just everything with penguin clowning on batman and gordon right. he's, he's spanish it's a no fucking it's penguin true. let let, 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 let this dude beat everybody's ass in his club and yeah. was like you know what i can use you as an angle come back anytime like that was slick or when he literally is handcuffed feet and legs in the middle of the pouring rain and he starts waddling towards gordon yeah. and batman he's like yeah. let me out of here it's like that was the funniest shit you yeah. have to actually enjoy it to talk about that like, shit there like, is comedy in this movie but like it's comedy that serves the scene and the characters and the stories it doesn't feel superfluous it doesn't overstay its welcome and the fact that. that everything's not like drenched with it like with this like level of disaffectation like oh isn't it silly that we're all being superheroes right now like uh, it, it, it's that like weedonification um that uh my friend Gita Jackson wrote about uh for uh Vice that you should all definitely check that out uh if there are show notes I will uh I'll, I'll, sure I'll, 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 yeah um about how like everyone has come to write kind of like 
Joss Whedon style. And uh, now, in terms of the other topic that I obviously, as a queer platform and a POC platform, we need to talk about is it. the fact that so many idiot people. Oh, and here, we, here and, it comes. And, and we can even like drag uh, Pixar's turning red into this because that's a whole debacle in itself. Um, oh, the fact that we have people go- coming in here, especially because Zoe Kravitz literally says white privilege. You had people literally in their reviews going, I don't like Gordon's black. I don't like that, that, that Catwoman's black. We had a mayor who was black. It's just, it's just, it's, it's so unrealistic. I'm like, a, a black police chief and a black mayor and, and, and a black thief? Like, what? It, like, it just, the audacity of these people in an age, and like, obviously, I already saw people on Twitter bitching about um, old girl from that, from Raven's Home playing Carrie Kelly, and we're back to the same conversations of, 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 uh, 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 uh old girl from Grownish and, um, uh, fucking, Zendaya playing redheads. Oh, we're we're we're, we're erasing redheads with black women, and I'm so <laughs> sick of this. All black redheads, so James, James, black redheads are a myth. Black black, people, apparently, black redheads black are a myth. People, black people in prominence are also a myth. Right, Jared like we we even had behind the scenes photos of uh like old girl who's playing bad girl with, with red hair, and it's like oh that's a myth, right? Like that, that doesn't exist. But no, especially because we just had like breaking news of Zoe Kravitz being thrown out of the audition for right. being too urban for Dark Knight Rises because <laughs> she tried to be Catwoman. Then you yeah. really are still having I this conversation. She, to be fair, I think she was playing a smaller role. She wasn't playing Catwoman. Fair enough, but, but like even if she was auditioned, like she auditioned for the movie when she was younger. Which, which okay, cool. Even if it wasn't for Catwoman, it's very much the same conversation of why are we acting as if other races can't? Like we've seen two other white women on live action movies play Catwoman. We've seen three other white women and Eartha Kitt, the goddess herself. If you want to tell me Eartha Kitt is, it, it was unworthy of, uh, of playing Catwoman, we can throw hands right now. But if we're gonna if we're gonna like say Zoe Kravitz isn't allowed to step up and play Selena Kyle because like you can you can bitch and moan about uh, Halle Berry all you want we're not having that conversation I'm saying for Selena Kyle if we're gonna have that conversation then you need to shut up because we well, have so like, multi interpretations of Selena Kyle by now not only is it allowed for her I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cut everybody off and I feel so horrible but like in general it's very much like Zoe deserved that shot. Jeffrey deserved that shot because we've had what like the, the really like big like old white guy in the Burton movies, and then we had Gary Oldman, and then we had um fucking um J Jonah Jameson from Batman v Superman and uh, Justice League. Like we've had multiple white people play Gordon, and now we have Jeffrey Wright. We've we've had that time. What's wrong with their performance? Not their skin color, their performance. James, 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 James. James, James. Why are you asking people who are asking the question, why black people? Because we know the answer. Sorry. Anyone who asks the question why black people is clearly has a problem with black people. Sorry, like, like, like you know, I like, you know, got my soapbox because you, you know there's gonna be dumbass white people who like, like want to get mad at me for my house no, or shit. The, the, the fucking be folkin. You gotta Don't let the white the folks air. do that shit. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, I want to say two things about this. First of all, no if you're making Ben Shapiro mad. You're doing something right. 
Um, <laughs> yes. Second yes. of all, it's not just an issue of there. It's not just a case of there have been black cat women before. Of course, there have been black cat women before. Um, there are moments in this movie. There are shots of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman in this movie that are literally like panel for panel taken from David Mazzuchelli's art in Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. She looks exactly like Catwoman does in that comic. Uh-huh. And like no one has ever looked more accurate to what Catwoman is in like a seminal Batman work as Zoe Kravitz has. Like if you're talking about comic book accuracy, no one has ever done it better. Like Selena Kyle in Batman Returns was this blonde secretary. Catwoman's never been that. Zoe Kravitz was way closer to what Catwoman is than mm. anything we've ever seen in a movie before. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm. Mm. Right. I would say, yeah, I'd also say, yeah. I'd similarly, I'd similarly say, like, Oliver Queen, the whole idea of, like, overcoming that privilege that you were born yes. with. Reckoning. Right. Mm. Right. Big We're up. not changing King Arthur, guys. Right. It, it just... It'd be an interesting motherfucking story. It'd be an interesting motherfucking story. Like, that's what I'll say about that. Well, that, so, that's what Icon is about. It's like, what if Superman was black? What would be, like, the cultural ramifications? Hardware, hardware right now. Like, it's very much more Iron Man-ish, but in terms of a story of, like, a like person with no superpowers trying to build something, hardware is more of what happens when a black person puts, puts their money where their mouth is. Right. That's what you get. Yes, hardware is, uh, is a black Batman story. Yeah. More than, uh, yeah. To the point that if you read hardware, he literally overcomes white privilege because of the white man plucking him out of poverty, giving him an opportunity, and then him having to face that it was all for the game. The white man didn't give a shit. Like, because me and if you go back and listen to our Brandon Thomas episode, him and I talk about how literally, like, from the original to the new one, it's almost verbatim of uh, Edward Alva taking him from poverty and putting him up on a pedestal of hey look what happens when a black man is given opportunity but then I can take it away at any moment and mm-hmm. make it and make him be a menace to society that is literally right there on the page and yet people so still want to beat that yeah so oh. that, 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 that was our little um like two part rant there but in yeah. terms of the movie as a whole final verdicts folks Travis I want to I hear, hear your heart bro like 
If you well, like in terms of like I'll, I'll even I'll even jack something for uh from, from TJ, but I'll say out of ten batarangs instead of five. I, I like my I like my round numbers. Oh, oh, I like my yeah. round, I, like, I like my even numbers. How 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 we doing here? Honestly, like for me, this is my favorite Batman movie that we have ever gotten. And mm-hmm. I say that because in every other Batman movie we get, it's a lot of here's the problem, kick, punch, repeat. You know what I mean? And then for the first time, at least in my lifetime, we're seeing Bruce and Batman do a lot of not just like detective work, but we're seeing him have serious internal conflict. And yeah, it involves his his original traumas, but we don't have to see the gun firing and pearls hitting the ground 18 fucking times in the movie. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? You can make a poignant point about Batman's pain without constantly showing me his trauma, without constantly showing me what he's going through because I'm watching mm. your movie already. I'm seeing what he's going through and I think mm. Matt Reeves really took that that and just did everything possible to make the audience know everything that was going on with nuance and properly done exposition. And that's just not something we normally get in Batman movies. Normally we get Bruce at the back computer talking about what's going on to Alfred and then going and kick punching his way out of the situation. And that didn't happen all the time. Most of this movie was detective work, crime scene investigation. Mm, yes. Uh, for me, that's what made the, this the best because it's he's the world's greatest detective. You know what I mean? That's what makes Batman Batman. You know what I mean? So this that's what made this the perfect Batman movie for me was actual character arc using very well loved things about Batman, also including the that he's a broken human like the rest of us. Was that a ten out of ten? Or how you feeling, there, dog? Ah, uh, shit, man. Let me give it a, a thousand tomatoes. I don't Jesus know. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I, I'll, I'll let our guests wrap it up. But like for me, real quick, it's very much a thing of I, I I'm very much in the same boat as Travis. Like I have my nitpicks. I'm I'm at a nine out of ten batarang solely because of the fact that like there's the little nitpicks here and there, and like I I, I, I like as as great. It's it's almost personal because like like I said. I, I love John Turturro, but that, that man got peed on. Like I, there's those subtle things of like, no matter how well you do, you I've already seen you in your underwear, like in Egypt. Like we we've we've already been somewhere, John. Like I, it hurts, but in terms of like you choking people out and being this threat, it was so good. Like there's so much good in this movie. I'm so excited to see what's gonna happen in the future. You slipped up with that Joker shit, but we can move past that. Like. I'm gonna say a strong nine out of ten. You did good, but like, there's room to grow. Um, Alex, how you feeling? Um, well, DC Comics employs me, so ten out of ten. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, they signed my checks. Ten, ten out of ten batterings. Perfect movie. Uh, every Batman movie is perfect. Every Batman comic is perfect. I more Batman. I, I'm an absolute. There is Batman no war in Boston. It was the year of the Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, this movie is perfect. It's the Citizen Kane of movies, which is uh, <laughs> Citizen Kane is a movie. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's my rate. <laughs> that was great. Okay, um, TJ, how are you feeling?
we, we gonna fight. We gonna fight. Mm. Mm. Um, right. I, I would like to express one honest opinion. Um, Go going on. into this movie. Yeah, uh, just chill. Uh, going into this movie, uh, I was very concerned about when and where I was going to go to the bath. So three <laughs> Same. I drink a lot of soda. Uh, I, there was gonna be something I was gonna miss. I was absolutely sure there was no way I was gonna make it through. Sure enough, I went to the Alamo Draft House where you can like order uh, like uh, soda and popcorn, whatever you want, and like someone will bring it to you. Uh, I made it through three goddamn sodas and my bladder was like, nah, I'm good. I want to see this too. Uh, and that I think is the strongest testament to this movie. I, I love that. All right. Well, as we always do on the show, um, like, like we want to thank y'all for being here. This has been a, like one of, one of my favorite collabs we've done. I'm excited for uh, to have y'all on again, especially when we start doing more Batman content. Um, we have a, I have a couple uh, of please, ideas. I so. always say that DC is bigger than Batman, so like I would like to be on stuff that's not just Batman. Okay, I've okay, so, uh, Batman from Gotham outside. Okay, okay. How about this? We 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 do roast every every fifteen episodes. What's a really bad DC comic that you'd want to that you'd want to roast? Like 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 or like even DC comic event because we've already done Cry for Justice. We did All Star Batman and Robin. Give me something that like we we have uh, Amazon's Attack on the list. What, what's something that you would want to do? Again, I work for DC. I can't disparage their work. There's got to be something. There's got to be something you would want to do. All right. Let me think about it. All right. But sure, go for it. Yo. Okay, yo, yo, I do you you want you want me to be hundred percent honest? Yo, I'm I'm a hand I'm gonna hand you the best book that you, that Matt Reeves can pull from for um well like real quick because like there's there's only one comic that could rise up after this to challenge it. And it's, it. it's 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 a Batman book written by none other than Jim Starlin. Does anyone have a a shot in the dark of what it is? The cult. Yes! 
Batman the Cold. It was the and this is the scariest part. I was fourteen. This is the first Batman comic I ever read, and because my mother brought it home from the library, like because she worked at at the juvenile hall, and the library donated some Batman books for kids, and like who who were at the juvenile hall, and she brought me this Batman book. Didn't read it, didn't look at it, nothing. And I read the scariest piece of Batman material I've ever read in my entire life, and it was Batman the Cult. If if Matt Reeves wants to not only like 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 his Arkham Knight tried to reference Deacon Blackfire and it was stupid but like if you wanted to bring like a remove the like a like in, like Native American shit from him because like that's kind of controversial and Jim Starlin was kind of doing a white man with that if you wanted to into it that like he's appropriating Native American culture that's true that's true that'd be really smooth especially like because we've had things like um uh, Vandal Savage, that would be kind of clean too. If we're gonna do it, like literally have somebody like Deacon Blackfire, and like especially because now with the city being flooded, you know homeless rates gonna go up real good. You know homeless rates gonna go up like, like that, and that's what Deacon Blackfire did. He tapped into the homeless population, and he made the homeless people be the threat against Gotham to the point that Bruce and Jason had to leave the entire city for a hot minute and come back. So if you wanted to make a really scary sequel to give like whatever the fuck Riddler and Joker time to do whatever the fuck they the fuck they want. Deacon Blackfire, Batman the Cult, and, and TJ. It's a controversial book. I would love to bring that to, to the Gotham Outsiders as Bat, uh, Batman the Cult because oh, yeah. that is a hell of a read. It, it, I, I've always wanted to analyze it, and That's it's one of those books. Like, it, it, like it's one of those books where you gotta be able to like hold your stomach, and, and especially because as a black person, I can come in there and be the sensitivity reader for that one because there is a rough patch in there. It's one of those books where. You you will love it, but you will also be like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's also like, yes, uh, it's also like the first time we get like Jason Todd seeing that Batman is human. And, yes, uh, it, it's a really interesting thing from Robin's perspective. And like, there's uh, like, there's, it's it's so good because like, it, it I think it's after Crisis because it shows. Like Jason, yeah, sort sort of being less of a dick clone and being more of his own person. Yes, and like he, it's it's one of those like actual good moments of Jason being Robin, where he goes to find Bruce and he finds him at the lowest point of Earth, where he Bruce is tied up in a, in, a, in a sewage like like cave full of rats, and ba- and Bruce is just saying over and over again, "Welcome to hell, welcome to hell," because he's drugged up and losing his mind, and and Jason has to be the one to haul his ass back to the surface, and it's yeah. so powerful. So I like that if if Matt Reeves can do that and like. Fill the spot with Gordon or Selena or whoever. Or Robin. Cool. Why or Robin. not Robin? It'd be great. Like I would be down for that. But like, if, if, especially with they kind of laid the groundwork of potential homeless threat. Deacon yeah. Blackfire would be the greatest thing to happen to this book. Like to this, the, 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 a sequel. Um. So like where where I'm sitting and like where like the movie ended, uh, I would think like a combination. If 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 possible, of like no man's land because it's mm. the hell out. The whole city is. We've and seen. We've seen no man's land. Yeah, but have you seen it well? Fair. Like, Fair. 
that's the thing. And I, I want to see like No Man's Land or maybe maybe Tom King's Bane. And I know that's crazy for me to say Tom King out loud and like advocate for that, but his Bane arc was I like his Bane arc a lot. And I, I Travis, think you're that, on thin ice. You're on well, thin Emma, ice. Well, you Emma, I already I already broke up with DC and Batman, okay? You can't hurt like, me. Like, like we we all we all know Tom King needs to be crucified. Why why are you bringing his name in this courthouse? Like because because his bane was pretty good. So that's I, the I, only thing about his run. Like like because there was somebody that was um put like said say one good thing about um like 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 like, like horrible comic things like uh uh Heroes in Crisis and uh, Tom King's Batman. I was like his bane. And the first, and and then his first issue where Bruce asks Alfred, "Is this a good death?" Yeah. Other than that, burn the whole thing. Don't like, think, dude. kick, Don't kick him out, kick him out. Never bring him back. Like, just no. Like, like when I saw recently, he was writing another Batman book. I was like, no. Why do you keep doing this to yourself? No. Oh yeah, that that was good. That was good. Right, Ooh. especially Ooh. that was the worst part. Was that annual got you comfy? It made you think that like Selena was gonna be there, and then this man had the audacity to ruin people's marriages because literal people went to comic shops and got what dressed up as Selena and Bruce had wedding cakes ordered, had the oh, whole shebang popped off, and Look, this, and this what, man said, "Weddings have been ruined." For at the last minute at the altar for decades, Look right? But Dick like, Grayson Star, that's on the them. true, that's true, true. But Do like, not blame Tom King for that. I'm not gonna blame Tom King for that, but I'm saying, like, that annual gave people the hope. That yeah. annual was so powerful. How, like, she's there at the end, you have like even Duke, Dick, Barbara, everybody at Bruce's side, and Selena's there with him at the end. And, I like, have a lot of thoughts about this, and I think it's another podcast discussion. Yes, um, yes. I would just like to give my thoughts uh about the this question about like what batman arc i would go uh, for it sorry but go ahead and uh i would do bruce wayne murderer uh yeah bring in david kane bring in goddamn sasha bordeaux one of the most underrated batman characters ever bring in cassandra why not um uh just like have this story where like bruce built up this identity he's finally able to uh uh trying to uh make a go of it as his own self and then to suddenly have that ruined and taken away from him like but right. i just learned that this was important to me so and having to like value what bruce wayne means through that and uh like you could tie into the third movie that way with like oh you know who hired david kane uh mm. beware the court of owls who watches all the time Ooh. um yeah i i feel like that would be a great way uh, a a great direction to go in and be a way to give me the cassandra kane i desire that's uh, fair that's fair yeah that's all I want. I want to all go. Right. Fair enough. Well, for, uh, folks, I, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but we have a, re- a, a, a annual thing where everyone gives a closing statement for this for, for the episode. So, um, TJ, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Well, like, like, just, like anything, like, like your experience in terms of like if you want to plug anything, if you want to talk about the movie a little bit more, whatever you want.
know what I mean? Okay. Uh, also, Nicholas Holt is still in the doghouse because he thought he was too pretty to be beast. Um, anyway. <laughs> Travis, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? In the in the middle, I, I think I kind of solidified what I'd like to see for the next movie, and that's Dave Batista breaking Andy Serkis's neck. So, oh my god, um, Matt Reeves, if you hear me, please. Why Dave Batista? <laughs> because because Bane breaks Alfred's neck, and who's a well, like the, we we need an up and coming Spanish fella to be Bane. We don't need Dave Batista. Like, come on, give him a chance to be a little grim, dark, and serious. From Drax uh, to that, that's range. I need it. Anyway, um, Alex, what will be your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to shout out? Like, whatever. Uh, yeah, um, check out the Ask the Question column on DCComics.com. I'm writing good stuff over there. Um, my own podcast is Insert Credit, where I ask the smartest people in video games the stupidest questions I can think of. Um, and uh, Dave Batista should be Hugo Strange, not Bane. <laughs> Okay, my closing statement, as always, is folks, please support your local comic book shop. If you, like, obviously, in terms of a couple of recommendations, I can do off the top of my head, and why like, these guys can shout some out too. In terms of decent Batman books, you can we can obviously shout out Batman Year One. Uh, like, is a good one. Long Halloween, uh, Hush. Any like, there's great Batman books that that are like are, that. There's stuff taken from them from this movie that you can go to your local comic book shop and pick up to support them. If you buy that graphic novel, it can definitely be a great thing for them. So please do. Even if you like, and I, I say this all the time. If you're a digital reader, talk to your comic book shop. They more like even with Comicsology's recent changes that are kind of not, like horrible. There's still probably a storefront that you can find a way to support your local comic book shop. Do not give up on them just yet. They're still, they're still here. They still have a way to go. So support them. Please do. And pre-orders books that you know are coming out, that way they get the support. Because especially for indie books, those are the only way that those stay published. So make sure you're doing that. Um, don't forget, folks, that you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, all those great places, except for SoundCloud, because we don't support SoundCloud in here. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast and get ready for more episodes because Mary will be back next week and we will be having some more fun. Um, I'm trying to figure out what next week's going to be. It might be a news week depending on what we get or it might just be a really fun book. I haven't figured it out yet, but get ready for that. Um, we will catch you folks next time, uh, right here at panel to panel. Peace out. Peace out.